taking in. So that's why we're sign up, eh? If you want. And that's quite small, isn't it? Can you guys, can you see them? You see them okay? Is there a way to make it bigger? Um, no, I, I think that's probably the biggest it's going to get. Oh, yeah. So, um, it's going to be a bit interactive. So you're going to have to um, really pay attention. <laughs> I think you don't usually pay attention. Okay, so I've been going through the study of John for a while. Um, and so, let me just do a bit of a quiz. Can, can you guys remember what happens uh, in the beginning with John? What's the first, what happens in the first chapter? Yes, that's right. Perfect. Yep, that's all. So, in the beginning, it says the scene. It says, you know, this is Jesus. He is the Word. The word was with God. Nothing was created without Jesus. Okay. Um, and it says also what the book is for. The book is there. To explain to people that Jesus was and is God. Um, and then I won't put you on the other ones, but here's a bit of a, a cheat of what happens in, in, in the chapters. Um, chapter, and I'm kind of trying to just give you, I've given you sort of a little bit of a beginning and we've started and we've done the books of where we're up to. We're up to John 7 at the moment. And so we'll go through what we've covered up to here, but. Sometimes it's just good to just uh, take a bit of a zoom out and say, well, where, where are we going? And look, there's some really sad things still happening in the book, got to warn you. But there's some really great things still coming as well. Mm, great. So um, so this is kind of how the book is set out. Chapters 1 to 6, Jesus, the Christ, and he's the Son of God. So that's the beginning. And then 7 to 10, call to repentance and, and resistance. So we're looking at chapter 7 today. And then 11 and 12, he does two great miracles, raising of Lazarus and the triumphal entry. Um, or great works, I should say. And then chapter 13, um, it illustrates the new commandment and it, and it predicts his betrayal. And then 14 to 17, um, that's his private ministry to his disciples and committing them to the Father's care. And then 18 and 19, he dies as a substitute for his people. And 20 to 21 is the resurrection and the appearance. So that's what we're going to um, look at. So let's look at chapter 1 to 6. What does that cover? So we talk about chapter 1 first, and that's Jesus is the Son of God. So as we said, he's the true light and the life. Okay. And, and no one has life unless it's through him. And then also we see John the Baptist, the voice calling in the wilderness, mm. like, we were, like we were told, um, well, like it was prophesied. And then Jesus gets his team together and calls his disciples. And then in chapter 2, we see he commences his public ministry. And he turns water into wine. Remember that? And he cleanses the temple. Chapter 3. Can anyone remember what happens in chapter 3? Chapter 3. That's the new birth. Remember Nicodemus comes to Jesus. What does Nicodemus mean again? Nicodemus, Nike from the shoe, Nike. 
Victory. Yeah, he's, he's the victor of the people. That's what his name means. And so here he is the victor of the people talking to Jesus, who is going to be the, the victorious. He's going to win the battle for us. And then John the Baptist appeared with us again in chapter 3. Um, and in chapter 4, Jesus is with the Samaritan woman. So he speaks to the high official, and then he comes and he speaks to just the ordinary person as well. Um, so, but then remember, this is where um, Eric preached on this as well. He looks at after he's spoken to this woman and he sees all these Samaritans coming with their white clothes on, and he says, The harvest is white, the harvest is white. You know, it, it's white for, for the picking. And then Jesus is the savior of the world. And then remember, we saw that healing of the nobleman's son. And then there was this nobleman that came to him and said, My son is very sick, he was far away. And Jesus um, healed him. And we see that that nobleman's son is really a picture of who Jesus is going to be. You know, Jesus was going to die for his people um, and be raised from the dead again, just like the son was. And then in the next chapter, chapter five, remember we've got this guy sitting at the bar, Bethesda, and he's the only one, he's the only one of the sheep that gets healed that day. Um, life and judgment is through the son, it says. And then there's fourfold witnesses of Jesus. Um, these he's witness of himself, his works are witness of him. God witnesses of him. Moses is a witness of him. I, I think those are the four. Um, and maybe the prophets as well. I may have got that first one wrong. But anyway, these, these four very strong witnesses for Jesus. So then we look next at um, he's the bread from heaven. Remember, he feeds the 5,000 and he walks on the sea. So he's doing these things. He's taking these people out into the wilderness. But the what the Jews were used to seeing God the Father do in the Old Testament. Remember, he had them when they were going out of Egypt. He fed them and he protected them. He had them walk through the water, but Jesus walked on the water. So it shows that we don't have to be afraid of anything. God, Jesus is in control, not just of the, of the winds and the waves, um, but he's also um, our bread from heaven. So we drink from his love, we eat from him. He is the living bread. Um, but then remember, he's, he's there um, in his own province, and they don't really want to know him. And he says that the prophet is never really known in their, in their, own, in their own land. Um, and he doesn't do very many miracles there. And that's where we are now. So we're into chapter 7 to 10. Um, and I've sort of said this is the hidden, the hidden teacher. We'll go into this in a bit more detail. Um, we'll read the passage. But... Just as a bit of a, an oversight. So, first thing is Jesus' brothers um, come to him. It's the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, and then they say, well, you should go to that. He says, no, I'm not going to go now, but go later. Um, he doesn't say that, but he then in secret he goes. Um, he then preaches at the feast, different responses to him. Um, he promises the Holy Spirit. And then people are really puzzled and say, well, who is this guy? Um, and the authorities reject them. So, you know, by all worldly standards, uh, not a good day at work for Jesus, um, if it was us. So let's look at that in a bit more detail. So you know, you've got to listen very carefully here because I'm going to ask you questions afterwards. So, but um, the question I'm going to ask you is, who are the characters that are involved in this? Where is it? What are they doing? And why are they doing it? So I'm going to ask you that, so, so listen carefully. 
It's not easy picking all these things out in the lot, so don't, don't, don't worry if you're not. So Jesus' brothers disbelieved. So if you want to follow along in your Bible, it's John 7, verse 1. We'll just read the whole of chapter 7. So after these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he did not walk, uh, so he did not want to walk in Judea because the Jew, Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brothers therefore said to him, Depart from here and go into Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers did not believe in him. Then Jesus said to them, My time has not, not yet come, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me, because I testify of it, of it that its works are evil. You go up to this feast. I am not yet going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. When he had said these things to them, he remained in Galilee. But when his brothers had gone up, then he also went up to the feast, not openly, but as it were, in secret. Then the Jews saw him at the feast and said, Where is he? And there was much complaining among the people concerning him. Some said, He is good. Others said, No, on the contrary, he deceives people. However, no one spoke openly of him for fear of the Jews. Now about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, How does this man know letters, having never studied? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true. And no unrighteousness is in him. Did not Moses give you the law, yet none of you keeps the law? Why do you seek to kill me? The people answered and said, You have a demon. Who is seeking to kill you? Jesus answered and said to them, I did one work, and you all marvel. Moses therefore gave you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man received circumcision on the Sabbath, so that the law of Moses should not be broken, are you angry with me because I made a man completely well on Sabbath? Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Now some of them from Jerusalem said, Is this not the man whom they seek to kill? But look, he speaks boldly, and they say nothing to him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is truly the Christ? However, we know where this man is from, but when the Christ comes, no one knows where he is from. And Jesus cried out as he taught in the temple, saying, You both know me, and you know where I am from. And I have not come of myself, but he who sent me is true, whom you do not know. But I know him, for I am from him, and he sent me. Therefore they sought to take him, but no one laid a hand on him, because his hour had not yet come. And many of the people believed in him, and said, When the Christ comes, will he do more signs than these, which this man has done? The Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring these things concerning him, and the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. Then Jesus said to them, I shall be with you a little while longer, and then I go to him who sent me. You will seek me and not find me, 
And where I am, you cannot come. Then the Jews said among themselves, Where does he intend to go, that we shall not find him? Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What is this thing that he said, You will seek me and not find me, and where I am, you cannot come? On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believed in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Therefore many from the crowd, when they heard this saying, said, Truly, this is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Would Christ come out of Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the seed of David, and from the town of Bethlehem, where David was? So there was a division among the people because of him. Now some of them wanted to take him, but no one laid hands on him. Then the officers came to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, Why have you not brought him? The officers answered, No man ever spoke like this, man. Um, then the Pharisees answered them, Are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the Lord is accursed. Nicodemus, who, he who came to Jesus by night, being one of them, said to them, Does our Lord judge a man before it hears him and knows what he is doing? They answered and said to him, Are you also from Galilee? Search and look, for no prophet has arisen out of Galilee. And everyone went to his own house. So, that's John 7. So, where is this taking place? People, do people notice that? Jerusalem. Jerusalem is one place, yes, Jerusalem. Usually it works like an idea. Okay, yeah. Galilee, um, Jerusalem and the temple. And that's where the Jews wanted to kill him in um, because the Jews wanted to kill him in Judea, that's why he didn't go to Galilee. Good. So next question, who is involved in this in this uh, in this chapter, we're all the Jews. The Jews, yes. The disciples, Jesus, the Pharisees, God, God the Father, the Holy Spirit. So we've got the Trinity involved in this, all three of them. Um, the officers, remember they sent out. Um, two types. His, his brothers, his brothers at the beginning. Right, there's two types of people in the crowd, isn't there? There's one type who says we believe him, the other type who says we don't. There's also two types of people in the crowd one type that says he's got a demon because he thinks people want to kill him, and then the other type who says, Isn't this the guy who they wanted to kill? So the crowd kind of contradicts itself here. Um, anything else? Let's see, Jesus, Jesus' brothers, the Jews, God the Father, the people at the feast. Moses is mentioned as well. Um, because remember when he talks about the circumcision, he says, well, Moses gave you the circumcision. Some from Jerusalem, the Pharisees, the chief priests and their officers, the spirit, the prophet, because they ask, you know, is this the prophet? And then also the authorities. So those are all the people involved in this chapter. And 
when when is it happening? When did they? What was this feast? The tabernacles. Yeah. And what was? Do people know what that feast was about? No. Yep. You do. So um, the feast was about, as I understand it, was to celebrate the ex the exodus from Egypt. So they would make themselves they called the feast of booths. And they make themselves little booths. They actually have this feast still today, the Jews. And so in Israel, you at this time they would have little tents or whatever that they would go and live in to commemorate that time that God was in the tabernacle or that they were in the tents in Egypt. Um and um when when is Jesus crucified? At what feast is he crucified? At the Passover. So if he was and what was the Passover about? It was the passing over, wasn't it? Of the lamb. So there was the lamb that was killed instead of the people. So um this so this feast wasn't quite the right feast for Jesus to be caught and crucified at because the symbolism wouldn't have been there. Um and also it shows that everything in Jesus' life, every single second, there's no coincidence there. And he knows this as well. His brothers say to him, Look, you go. You've got to make yourself known now. If anyone who wants to be a public figure, wants to be a king or whatever, uh, or, or a ruler or something, they're going to be doing that in front of lots of people. Um, so you better, you better go up. But he says, no, my time isn't right. So this Feast of Tabernacles, it, the God's cosmic plan isn't lining up for this to be Jesus' time. And that's, that's why he that's why it doesn't go up. Um, so um, the the officers are 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 ordered to take him, you know, and they um, they disobey their masters and their masters say, well, why why have you why have you taken him? And they're like, look, if you heard this guy, you wouldn't take him either. He was speaking the truth, um, and then you know. I mentioned that Jesus wasn't crucified at this time either, uh, because it didn't fit in with the with the feast. But it didn't just plainly didn't fit in with God. <laughs> so what is the next thing? Um, what are the different responses that Jesus that Jesus gets, in, and and what can we learn from it? Oops. Um, what are the what what different responses are there? Yeah, some want to kill him. Some want to worship him. Some are not sure. Um, and th those responses are really just the same today, aren't they? We we have people who want to kill him today. If he was here, people would want to kill him. Um, there are those that are not sure, and they stay not sure for the rest of their lives. And then there are those who fall down before him and worship him. And those are the ones that we see here as well. Some do follow him. Some say he's the prophet and the Christ. Um, the officers and Nicodemus, they kind of follow him. You know? They're kind of like, they should have really captured him and brought him in, questioning. Nicodemus, he's part of the Pharisees. He should have really been with the Pharisee on this. But no, he's not. Um, and then some reject him. But more importantly, the father supports him. Remember, he says that he can't do anything except for what the father showed him to do. Yeah. So his father is in full support of him um, in this chapter. And then, what does Jesus promise here? Um, 
Yeah, that's right. Come and drink from me, and then you will never thirst again. The same message that he gave to the uh, to the woman at the well, and you know, come and drink of this living water, and you will never thirst again. And this is really what this whole book of John is about. It's about Jesus is God who came and died on the cross for us, and if, and He is the living water, He is the life, and He is the life. Um, and also Jesus promises that the Holy Spirit will come. I think this is the first time that we've seen a mention of the Holy Spirit come in here, but it's written as if we know about the Holy Spirit, you know, because the the, the passage says um, he said this because the Holy Spirit hadn't been poured out on, on them yet. Um, and then, so that's that's the passage, and that's all good and well. Um, but you know, what does that what does that mean for us today? And these these are the things I. Um, these are things I've picked up from this. You might pick some other things up and you know, feel free to share them, but um, God does things in his perfectly appointed time. You know, he did that, he did that with Jesus. Yeah. But, you know, if he did that with Jesus, wouldn't he do that with everyone else as well? You know, Jesus, there's like, there's so many people that he touched and, you know, it's a bit like that butterfly effect. You know, if a butterfly flaps its wings on the square and Beijing then causes a tornado in the United States. You know, this is kind of the, the arguments, but um, is that Jesus' life, if, if he lived at that time, the ripples that he would have caused are so big that our lives would not have been the same if he wasn't there at that time. Um, and I guess, um, so God is in charge of your life, every single minute of your life as well. So you can fully trust them to look after you, whatever is there is that comes at you. Um, the Spirit has been seen so that we should no longer thirst. So we have this helper. We've got the Spirit that helps us. Um, and we don't thirst anymore. We don't have that spiritual thirst um, if we come to Jesus and we drink of Jesus. Many different responses to Jesus. Even now, people respond differently to him. And people will respond differently to you if you follow them. Um, you know, if things are not going so well with you because you follow Jesus, probably doing the right thing. Could also be doing the wrong thing, but but um, if it is because of Jesus, then you're doing the right thing. Um, and that's the same thing that happened to Jesus. He was rejected by those in authority. Um, so if they reject you as well, when you stand up for Jesus, you're in good company. Um, the other thing that comes out here is, um, you know, can you remember why why they wanted to kill him? They wanted to kill him because he had healed this guy on on the Sunday, the guy at the bar, the sheep that was there, and the um, the Jews, um, the Pharisees and, and Sadducees, they made very strict rules about the Sabbath. I think I might have told you about this friend I had who was in, lived in Palestine, and um, it was a very cold night. And his Jewish friend came over on the Sabbath to him and said, please can come over to our house and light a fire because we're not allowed to do that. And that's kind of the, the, you know, the bag, you couldn't carry much more than a certain amount on your back and all, all these sorts of very strict rules and regulations that they had that sort of kept them bound up. Yeah. Um, and, and Jesus points to this, um, this contradiction in their law. You know, you're not allowed to do anything on the Sabbath, but they circumcise the child on the eighth day. And if that falls on the Sabbath, they would 
disregard the Sabbath law and circumcise the child. So they also were doing works on the Sabbath. Um, and um, he kind of points that out to them and, and, and they don't really answer him on that. There's no real answer that they give him on that. Um, but the answer there is that you know man was um, not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man. Sabbath is there to keep holy, keep secret, um, but it's also there for us to have one day off where we regenerate ourselves and recuperate ourselves, we meet with other believers. And it's not supposed to be a burden, it's supposed to be a delight for, for us. That's why God created that for us. So and over the years, Christians have got that, um, have got really confused about what the Sabbath is there for. And in some churches, the, those very strict rules have come back again. And some people, you know, they don't play sport on Sabbath or even casual sport um, or do anything like that. Um, and they become very restrictive on what they do on the Sabbath. Um, so those are the things I got out of there. Was there anyone, did anyone else see anything else that jumped out of the passage for them on this that they wanted to share? No? Okay, well, let's call it there. And uh, um, this will be more of a teaching rather than a sort of preaching kind of uh, lesson. Um, but um, let's just close our eyes and, uh, and pray and ask that God will take this message with us this week. <coughs> God, we just thank you so much for uh, bringing us all together here. We thank you for the book of John. Um, we thank you for John who wrote it. Lord, and thank you for your inspiration uh, to get him to so many years ago. And Lord, um, we thank you that, that you are the light of the world. We thank you that um, you are the fountain that we can drink from and never thirst again. Um, Lord, and we thank you that, that you came to earth and died for us on the cross. And Lord, we think of the, of the consequences of that, um, of that action that you did. And, that you were raised again from the dead and you conquered the dead. And Lord, so that we don't have to be afraid of it. Um, Lord, we just uh, thank you for uh, for calling us to be your people. And we ask that you would bless us as we go into this week. Um, and whatever it is that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.